Cookie, you are sitting in the group office area where all the communal desks are for your team. Philip has just been called away to talk to Patterson. Bruno is gone. You assume since Philip's going down, Bruno must be done. He did not come back to the office, though. So you are there, and I think we're going to start with a power roll. So you try to gain a little bit more ground in the being that is cookie, Ash, and you find that when you try to dig your heels in a little deeper there, get in a little bit more, there's a bit of a resistance. Oh, no. That's not good. Maybe that disconnect that you had is not completely reconnected. Ash. You didn't tell me that Philip killed two people in that house. I didn't think it was important at the time. He just he just told me that he remembered killing two people last night. And now we need to go speak with Patterson. I have no idea what I'm going to say. So, what do you remember? What did you see? I just remember not being able to talk to you and I've never felt so alone before, and I just wanted to try and find you. I just needed to speak with you, and everything was going crazy, and somehow, I don't know, I think I, I, think I accidentally stabbed Sam. I may have even punched Bruno. I don't know. It's all a blur. I was there. I could see you. I was trying to speak with you, but... Something was blocking me out. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. And I saw what happened, but I didn't understand why. Do you have any idea what was keeping you away from me? Was there something in the house? Could you see anything else? No. I'm not sure I've never experienced anything like that before. I was just as afraid as you were. I think we're going to get fired. I'm pretty sure that this is it. They cleaned out my desk. You saw that, right? I did. Might not be the case, though. We can get through this. Let's not think about the job. Let's just make sure that nothing happens to you because of this. What are you going to tell them whenever they ask you about this? I mean... Just the truth. I have no reason to lie. I didn't do anything wrong. And Patterson knew. He knew what he was sending us into. That's right. You didn't do anything wrong. You were just protecting yourself, doing your best in the situation that you found yourself in. Thank you. I I think so, too. So I just I'm not exactly sure how to convey that to him. You have to. To believe it. If you're telling the truth, then there's no reason to be afraid. Just go in there, tell them what happened, tell them that you behaved in a way that you felt best kept you safe, and present the story as it is. And if you are afraid or if you're unsure, just remember I'll be there. Thanks, honey bunny. I don't want to feel alone like that again. I missed you so, so much. And I need you now more than ever.
if you see anything, Patterson hiding anything from me, I need you to tell me in this meeting. Certainly. I was afraid as well. I don't know what I would have done if something would have happened to you. So the phone is going to ring. You know that nasally voice of the Patterson secretary, and she tells you to head on down. Agent Patterson is ready to speak with you. Cut to you opening the door to Patterson's office. As you open the door, Cookie, you see a nice office. There's a large desk, big chair behind it, two chairs in front of it. Both side walls are covered with bookcases filled with books. They look to be legal law books. Patterson is seated behind the desk. You'll see some items on his desk. It looks like he's clearing some stuff off of the desk and putting it away, and he'll look up and and notice you. And Charlotte, Charlotte, please come have a seat. Uh, Shut the door behind you. Sorry, you wanted to speak with me. Yes. I'm speaking with everybody. I just need a, a full report of what happened, you know, with, well, with your team destroying civilian property. Have to have a full investigation as to what happened and in order to decide what remedies to pursue. Well, certainly. I would I insist on helping in any way I can. I just think that this is a little different than how we traditionally do things. My desk was completely cleared out. I don't have even a pen to write your report. Well, Charlotte, that's standard procedure when we're investigating a agent. We do take items from their desk, notes, reports, anything we find within the desk uh, uh, to look at it and see if there's anything pertinent to the investigation. Are you missing any personal items from your desk or only things related to your job? Sir, you know I don't keep any personal items in my desk. That's for home. Yeah, nope, not even a not even a photo of a of a and he'll kind of indicate to the picture of his wife on his desk. Yeah, no personal items at all on your desk. No, I just haven't been lucky enough to snatch myself up a man yet. Hmm. Wow. Pretty girl like you, I'm sure it'll happen soon enough. But let's get down. Let's get down to why we're here. Your team reported to Dunwich to investigate a home that was reported to have possible strange occurrences. Can you tell me what happened when you arrived at the home? We spoke with uh, Mr. Hodge. He believes that the Lord lives in that house. He left us to stay the evening. And things just, I've never seen him go so sideways. Um, It seemed everyone split up almost immediately with no real directions in mind. And next thing you know, there's people getting hurt and blood everywhere. 
So when you say almost immediately the team split up, can you tell me who was the first to separate from the group? No, I can't. I remember being in the living room, uh, which I believe was right next to the kitchen. And I think perhaps Bruno went in the kitchen. I'm not sure, but I don't think he was alone. Okay. Can you tell me when you separated from the group? I believe Mr. Hodge had started a fire in that living room, and it was just so hot. I needed to find a drink. Uh, My mouth was getting very dry. So I went looking for some sort of plumbing or the well or spring house, anything. Okay. Bruno and and Philip both reported to me that they had experiences within the home, things of a personal nature that affected them. Can you tell me if you had any such experience in the home? Um, I could, I could agree that that would be a fair statement. Thank you for agreeing, but could you tell me what your experience was in the home? I would like to have it recorded. All of this is evidence that what you've done to the home might have been in order. The more I can prove the home was detrimental to the emotional or psychological stability of a person. Now, sir, what I'm about to tell you, I've never really told anyone before, and I don't feel comfortable with this information being in a public record. What are you doing? And when he says that, I just kind of touch on where my scar is and look up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, uh, Charlotte, it's not a a public record, but it it will be on the record within the agency. It'll remain in-house. This isn't going to be an open record, correct? This is only something that they need special... um, The only people that will have access to this information are those higher up that are investigating it. Well, you've you've never done me wrong, Patterson. When I was a child, my father used to be very violent. He was not great with me or my mother, and he hurt me real bad. And I saw him, and he was trying to hurt me. He was in the house. And I thought he was going to kill me. So I defended myself. But it wasn't him. After I, I used that piece of, piece of glass, that plate, I, I stabbed Sam. He's going to take some notes and then he's going to slump his shoulders a bit, stand up, walk around the desk and sit in the chair next to you and he's going to reach over and take your hand thank you for sharing that and I'm so sorry that I had to drudge it up for you and he's not going to let go of your hand the whole time he's going to hold it sandwiched between his two I see dodging you (laughs) stop it stop it 
thank you. And I just sniffle and pull my hand and use it to wipe my tears. Yeah. So let's talk about Sam. Were you angry with Sam? Did he do something in her previous in the previous weeks to upset you in any way? Absolutely not. He's a wonderful person and he's done nothing but be good to me since I arrived here. Do you feel he's an asset to your team? There are many times in the past where he has been and I would consider him an associate. He's going to stand up, walk back around the desk, sit down, start writing some notes. and He'll look at you very serious, a bit of a stone look on his face. Then why are others reporting to me your constant uh, insulting and berating of his abilities? That's news to me, sir. I would not believe that one bit. Uh, I have never ever been anything but pleasant to everyone in this building. You know that. Well, several of your team have heard you insult his photography skills, insinuate that he's poor at what he does. Are you saying they're wrong or are you saying you have no memory of saying these things? I am saying I would never say those things intentionally. If if they're repeating that it was said, I I have no memory of saying it. And I feel horrible. Tell him that they misunderstood your comment. They must have misunderstood what I said? Hmm. All of them mistook comments you made, but they all heard them as you expressing a negative feeling about Agent Clark. I have no negative feelings. He is a close associate of mine, I would say. So when you finally realized after you had injured Agent Clark and you realized it was him and not your father... What did you do? I I tried to help him. I attempted to clean him up, and I wanted to take him outside to get him to the car so we could get him to the doctor. And as you were getting him outside, did you run into anyone else in the home? Any other agent? I did. Bruno... I met him as I was trying to help Sam. He took Sam to the car, I believe. He's much bigger than me. Mm -hmm. What did Bruno do after, after getting Sam in the car? Do you remember anything at all? Um, I, I don't, I, it was all such a blur at that point. I know at one point, he took me back into the house so we could gather Finn and Philip 
and we went through the house trying to find them. Hmm. Okay. You, um, you like Bruno, right? Of course I like Bruno. He's also a very close associate of mine. Close associate of your, you, my understanding, you, you spent Christmas at his family's home with him. It was nice to be with a family again. You and Bruno are close then, more than just associates. You could say that. Excuse me? We are close, close work friends. Charlotte, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to be very honest with me right now. Keeping in mind that you've already told me you are having significant memory loss, which we're going to have to deal with, but I want to really make sure that I get you the best help. So I need you to be very honest with me. Okay? Of course. Who is Ash? Um, just a childhood friend. And you saw this childhood friend in the in the house? Um, no, just my father I saw in the house. Okay. Then why did several of your fellow agents report hearing you talking to someone named Ash, this childhood friend, if you were not seeing him in the house? I don't remember. You don't remember? Maybe they misheard what I was saying. Several agents all hear you say the same name, Ash, speaking to them in almost a manic state. But your contention is they've misheard you, much like they've just misheard you make aggressive comments towards Agent Clark Agent Wiesel. Well, sir, yes, they must have misheard me. There are a lot of things that were very strange in that house. I am a good agent. I have always done my work on time and to the letter. And I do not know. There was something bad there. We followed protocol, protocol that we were given. And we burnt the house down. He's going to lean back and steeple his hands a bit. A good agent who follows protocol. Do you call it protocol when you climb on top of a bed of a patient in a sanitarium and aggressively interrogate them? Soon after their own attempted suicide? Is that the protocol? I believe so. I believe that was in the aggressive tactics meeting that we had last year. Agent Miller, you were trying to say that we here taught you to do that? Well, certainly. Sometimes when gentle pressure doesn't yield results. You occasionally have to rely on increased pressure. 
exactly what we did in that circumstance. I would argue that was a little more than increased pressure. I would say it was borderline harassment, abuse of power. Did they get results? Agent Patterson, we got results. And harassment, by the definition, means that it was multiple instances. This was one. We got the answers that we needed. If that is the only thing, only blemish on my record, I'd say I'm doing a pretty fair job here. No, as a team, there are many blemishes on the record. Your work at Innsmouth has garnered a bit of uh, speculation, some doubt within the agency. And now this uh, work at Dunwich, again, resulting in the destruction of civilian property. But as I stated, given the instances that everybody had, the experiences that they went through, probably best the house was destroyed, just would have gone better had we purchased it first. But that is neither here nor there. I'm... I'm concerned about this uh, lack of memory you seem to be having, and perhaps maybe I need to have you go speak with Dr. Kruger. What do I know about this Dr. Kruger character? That is the same doctor that Philip was told to go see. It's a shrink. Fine. I have no problem speaking with Dr. Kruger. You don't need to go see him. He's going to make you... Question things, doubt things, you know how those shrinks work. They're going to try to get inside your head and give you different ideas. You don't need that. You're fine. You're sane. You're completely sane. Although, Agent Patterson, I must say, I feel completely fine now that I am out of that house. All of my faculties have returned. I would appreciate having another chance before I must go speak with a doctor. Nothing is wrong here. That's right. It was just a symptom of the the supernatural forces at work. Right, 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 right. So you aren't concerned with your memory loss right now? No, sir. And I don't believe that you have any reason to be concerned either. This is an isolated incident. Okay. Can you roll uh, Persuade for me, please? Well, I guess we'll just keep an eye on it then. If you suffer any more of these memory losses, or if your fellow agents report any more comments made, then uh, we'll probably insist that you talk to someone. Is that a deal? Absolutely, Agent Patterson. I would be one dumb Dora if I didn't protect myself in this environment. I promise I'll come to you if anything goes sideways. Okay. And he'll smile, lean forward, put the pen down, push the pad of paper to the side and say, So a childhood friend. It's odd. Finn saw a childhood friend as well. He told me a lot about her. She used to tutor him back in Ireland. They were 
as close as siblings. What was Ash like as a child? Ash was quiet and fun. We used to play ball a lot. And he was someone I could always talk to. Then as we got older, he gave better advice. And uh, is he the same age? I believe so. I think we're the same age. You, you, you think? It could be a year or two, but I told you about, you know, the my situation at home with my father. So we we were close, but we didn't get to be very close. There were no birthdays. It wasn't fun at home, Agent Patterson. So no, I wasn't going to friends' birthdays or then coming to my home for cake. Then how did you meet Ash? In secret. Uh, Ash lived on a neighboring farm and we would meet in secret in the woods sometimes between us. Not technically a lie. Can you roll that uh, persuade again? Do you have any questions, anything that happened that you would like to um, discuss, bring up? Any concerns? Any inquiries? No, sir. I, I feel pretty confident that we did the, the only thing that we were able to do in this situation. I would just like to know at what point do I get my desk back together? And when are we all as a group to meet again? He is going to look mildly shocked at you. Just a little like wide eyed, almost as if you had said something incredibly rude. Sir? Um, Agent will have the material back to you at the conclusion of the investigation. Don't worry about that. If that's what your main concern is right now. Well, and my coworkers, sir, I'd like to know when do I get to see them and speak with them? Uh, tomorrow, you'll be uh, reporting right back in the office. Everyone but Agent Clark, obviously, will be there. I would really like to visit him or send a card along if I could. It was never my intention to hurt him. Well, we can get uh, a card or a note or something to him if you wish, but as far as a visit, the doctors don't feel that is the best thing for him right now. Thank you. I understand. With that, am I excused for the rest of the day? And he's still kind of a little shocked by what you're saying. Yes, Agent Miller, if, if you have no other questions, I have nothing for you. Just please don't share what you've uh, discussed here with me today with any of the other agents. Agent Patterson, I feel like there's something you want to tell me about that house. No. I wasn't at the house. I mean, I've spoken to the owner and 
I've actually asked about his experience in the home. And so I have a little bit more knowledge of what was, what possibly your team has gone through. But um, no, no, I, I think I'm a little more, more curious as to, well, to be blunt, your complete and utter lack of caring or remorse or even curiosity as to your fellow agent, the one you injured, as to his condition or you seem to really not care, which makes me think those comments the other agents heard might have grounds. Sir, you do remember that we are the ones that took him to the hospital. He was stable. I anticipate a full recovery. Well, I'm sorry to say, but it doesn't look like Agent Clark is going to be returning. Well, maybe not tomorrow. Ever. What do you mean, ever? Ever. He's suffered physical damage mental damage and then with the blindness we're just afraid that it could come back at any point we're not sure if that was due to the stress that caused that uh, temporary blindness or was it the house where we're not sure and we can't have him in the field if he's going to go temporary blindness you know for his safety for the fellow agents for for your safety he won't be able to return That's absolutely ridiculous. He will heal. And I would highly suggest you take a second look at that. Because as with me, if I only lost memories while in the home, and he only lost his vision while in that home, uh, perhaps that's your connection. Don't just write him off. He's a good agent. This isn't our decision alone. We've discussed this with Agent Clark. He feels quite the same. So he quit. I think his experience in the home might have shaken him up more than your experience has um, affected you. He insists he has no fear of his fellow agents. And at that, you can see he clearly doesn't believe that. He feels he's not physically capable of fulfilling the duties. I hate to see such a good agent go. I will, with your permission, spend the afternoon baking him a nice cake and writing him a nice note and saying my goodbyes that way. I will deliver it to your secretary in the morning if you don't mind passing it along for me. Absolutely. Agent Miller, if that's what you wish to do, feel free. Um, I gave Bruno and Philip the afternoon off. Please take the day. Be ready to be back here at work in the morning, bright and early as you usually are. And we'll see what our investigation. Well, I'll just let your team know tomorrow then what we've concluded. If there's nothing else. Would hate to keep you. Thank you, sir. May I let you get up and walk out? Yep. We have to be more careful. They believed that story now, but 
They must be suspicious. I'm sorry. I It was just... That was so stressful. I just... I did what you said. I tried to tell the truth. And... Hopefully we're okay. You did great, but you can't go and see that doctor. He'll try to convince you that things aren't real, that they're, in, that they're in your head, that I'm not real. And I am real. Very real. I know that. Let's, let's go gather some baking supplies to bake Sandless cake. Of course. Now, sir, what I'm about to tell you, I've never really told anyone before, and I don't feel comfortable with this information being in a public record. I'm waiting for Ash to go, what are you going to say? <laughs> I was just about to say if I could do that. Bitch, what you about to say? <laughs> uh, I can, yeah, I can do a line. Um, All right, go ahead. Fine. I have no problem speaking with Dr. Kruger. Ash, do you have any problems with her speaking to Dr. Kruger? Uh, I'm not sure what he would say. Um, you want somebody poking around in her fragile little mind? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> what would he I'd say? <laughs> no, sir. And I don't believe that you have any reason to be concerned either. This is an isolated incident. Okay. Can you roll a uh, persuade for me, please? I rolled a 95. <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. In secret. Uh, Ash lived on a neighboring farm, and we would meet in secret in the woods sometimes between us. Not technically a lie. Can you roll that uh, persuade again? Tell me what you got. I got a 48. And what is your, is that a failure or a success? It's a failure. Okay. I was going to say, I knew the 90 something was a failure. I need to know if this <laughs> But like, <laughs> can I spend luck 48? for it? <laughs> yes, you can spend luck if you would like to improve that. Um, so I think I need to spend 18 luck to get it Oof, so I want to convince him not to worry about Ash anymore good good plan solid <laughs> <laughs> alright you want to spend that luck then and uh, have that be a success absolutely we'll done do that nice. um, he'll believe that you are still speaking of Ash in terms of it being an actual childhood friend. Not an imaginary friend, but he'll, he'll believe it is an actual child that you had as a friend. Is that what you wish him to believe? Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. You know, <laughs> until you, you know, screw up on the remembering things. Craig's still here. I know. No, oh. they'll edit that out. They're not stupid. They know to. I was gonna say. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> and it's not like anybody at work listens to it. Come on. <laughs> Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get it without a net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we'd love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard and the intro and the outro was from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.